A John Eels medal recap. Wallabies v Barbarians preview. What now for the Western Force? And heavyweight champ Anthony Joshua takes to the ring. That and more on today's Splash. It's Friday, October 27. Yeah, it's Phil Pryor welcoming you into your Friday edition of the Splash end of October. And plenty happening this weekend. Uh, we've obviously got the start of the of the Rugby League World Cup Friday evening, Australia v England in Melbourne. But it doesn't end there. Today we've got uh, rugby uh, editorial lead Sam Worthington joining the Splash to talk all things rugby. Plenty of headlines to uh, to touch on as well, uh, including uh, Twiggy Forrest's plans for the Asia-Pacific comp, uh, the John Eels medal uh from last night and the Wallabies Barbarians clash this weekend. Also going to chat boxing with Liam Fitzgibbon, uh, another member of the Fox Sports Australia team uh, and a little bit more as well uh, later on in the splash. But let's welcome in rugby editorial lead Sam Worthington who's a little bit croakier than normal because the John Eels medal was last night and uh, he had a bit of a late night mate. Welcome. Thank you, Phil. Yeah, good to be here. Uh, not as not quite as crazy as last year. I managed to semi-behave, and um, I avoided a trip to the casino with uh, Sean Maloney at 2am. So um, That's a win. It, it could have been worse. Could that, have been worse. That's yeah. a win. You, you <laughs> did turn up late today, though. It a little then, bit late, It needs yeah. to be addressed. The, correct, correct. Uh, hopefully the boss, Tony Harper, is not listening to this, but uh, yeah, <laughs> Christy Doran, uh, my rugby colleague, uh, crashed on the couch last night, and we managed to roll in eventually. So, uh, yeah, look, uh, all's well that ends well. Christy's barely, you know, decent enough talent on the splash when he's fresh, so I'd, I thought it was better to, to get you today than him. I, I think that's probably a very savvy call. Uh, Christy's still sort of dusting himself off, isn't he, over, over in the corner there. <laughs> yeah, so how was the John Eels medal? Um, uh, before we dive into some other topics, you know, we need to address this, of course. Um, at the at the Randwick race course as well, was it a good night? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, always a terrific night out there. They they do it very well, and um, it was last year was a little bit of a somber affair. It's fair to say last year it was um, all about the Olympic gold medal winning sevens team. Um, that was the, I guess, the big success story from yep. the year. Um, and then this season, um, it was it was good timing with the the great win over the All Blacks last mm. weekend. That it would have been a bit of a buzz in the air. Lifted lifted the mood of the whole yeah. place, and uh, yeah, so there was uh, a lot more positivity um, going yep. around, which was which was great. Uh, is Rafael made history? Uh, of course, we'll talk about that in a sec. But I mean, one of my other questions, perhaps, is: Was there? Did anyone from the AIU address what was kind of a a pretty rollercoaster year for rugby as a whole? Was that really spoken about or ignored? No, it was swept under the carpet. To be fair, <laughs> I was I was having that conversation with a couple of people last night, and uh, I think they probably could have done more to um, at least acknowledge the, the force um, and, and what they have contributed over the years and the fact yeah. that uh, they obviously have, have made that harsh call to, to pull the pin on them. So, yeah, they, they did sweep that under the carpet a little bit, <laughs> under the gold carpet, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> otherwise it was a, a terrific night. And like you say, Israel Folau uh, making history with yeah. the, the third John Eels medal. Um, there's a, a few players that had, that had done it twice, uh, Michael mm. Hooper, George Smith, um, to two of the names there but yeah Izzy becomes the, the third and it's only his fifth year I believe of actually playing professional yeah. rugby so he's done it three yeah, out of not a bad effort. five years which is a very and he, he won by a, a pretty mm. large margin and uh, this this award's voted um, by the players after each test match they 
get in the sheds and do their three, two, one. Um, Michael Checker actually last night had a he was uh, he was in good form um, with his speeches and saying <laughs> um, that they don't really know who they're voting for in that state. They could be voting for anyone after a, after a test match. But yeah, Izzy Izzy romped romped home with a, a pretty significant margin over the likes of yeah. Michael Hooper and and Bernard Foley. And look, it's it's pretty hard to argue with. He scored twelve mm. tries in Australian record in this calendar year already. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, he won't get the chance to add to that because he's uh, sitting out this, the spring tour to have a breather. But yeah, I think uh, either him or Michael Hooper would have been more than deserved winners. Um, obviously, not everyone can win, and, and, and as he walked away with the gong. Yeah, good on him. Uh, I believe, though, he is one of only two Wallabies playing against the Barbarians this weekend before he's put on ice for the yeah uh, for the summer. Yeah, this will be his last hit out uh, on Saturday against the Barbarians at Allianz. So yeah, like you say, a, a, a pretty experimental lineup that the Czech has gone for. Obviously, it's a bit of a festival style game, and he doesn't really need to to roll out the big guns. But there's there's plenty of guys uh, on the on the fringe of of selection. And, and Czech has mm. said last night that uh, is it, is that how this game's being treated as a bit of a, a trial um, yeah. of sorts? Yeah, they're, they're taking it fairly seriously, I think. Yeah, um, because Czech will name his squad for the spring tour basically immediately after that game and uh, last night he was he was saying it's genuinely a couple of seats on the plane still up for grabs for yep, some, some yep. fringe players probably the likes of guys like Billy Meeks who's having a run um, in the centres the, the force okay. player um, guys like him are on the fringes and there's probably a lot of competition for, for loose forward and lock spots as well so yep, yep. yeah plenty plenty to play for for some of these uh, younger and, and fringe guys Saturday afternoon in Sydney against the Barbarians right give us the uh, the who what when where how that's it yeah no spot on Ellie at 3pm uh, so uh, a rare opportunity for some afternoon football which, which people tend to love yeah so they, yeah. Uh, I think the ARU actually went out and um, and asked the fans what, what time they, they wanted this game and, and uh, okay. they, they even voted in a couple of club players to sit on the bench for the for the Barbarians so yeah it's been quite nice. uh, I like that yeah been well done and the, and the Barbarians have managed to cobble together a, a pretty handy side themselves with, with also lots of uh, notable Australian players with, yeah. with Quade Cooper um, captaining them and, and Alan Jones uh, coaching so there's been yeah plenty of plenty mm. of fun in the build up Quade's been the, the talking point um, what else are you really looking forward to uh, personally in, in, you know with this game um, yeah, well, we've got uh, Alan Jones mic'd up uh, on Fox Sports. Will be oh, interesting. Dear. So we've got, <laughs> so we're going to get really? his, we're going to get his pre-match uh, speech. So he doesn't uh, get enough to say, right? No, exactly. Just just uh, mic'd up for for a change. Um, but <laughs> yeah, trying to trying to think. There's there's all sorts of guys. A great Luke, Fox Luke, Sports initiative. That's it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Luke Ann, uh, Luke Antui, um, player that I've got huge reps on. He's getting a start for the yep. the Wallabies, and um, yeah, I think he's going to be. A real sensation uh, down the line, partnering Adam Coleman um, in the forwards. There, he, he's made a very promising start to his Test career already. He just looks looks at home in, in Test football. The the physicality doesn't seem to to phase him at all. In fact, he seems to to really relish it. So, yeah, looking forward to him going around. And, and Jack Dempsey, um, he'll be used on the open side um, by Michael Checker in this game. He's more known as a, a blind side, but can yep. can play anywhere in the back row. And he's obviously coming off the man of the match performance against the All Blacks. So he was uh, he had a smile a mile wide last night as well. So yeah, yeah he'll be another guy to to watch out for. And what kind of uh, coverage on the Fox Sports website can we uh, uh, expect um, for this matchup tomorrow, Ivo? 
Yeah, we've got uh, all, all hands on deck, all, all two hands with um, Christy <laughs> and myself. So Christy's going to head along to the game and, yep. uh, yeah, obviously do a match report and, and, and all the reaction. And um, we're not sure exactly when that spring tour squad will be named, but it could yep, c- yep. could come out after the game or maybe on Sunday. And, okay. uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be in the office, uh, yeah, getting getting all live the... Live updates. Getting all the, getting all the live coverage, live blog, and all yep. this video bits done as well. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, touch wood, no one gets injured. There's uh, yeah. always a, you know... <laughs> probability really that someone will get injured in a, in a game even if it is a festival game so um, yeah no doubt there'll be plenty of talking points yeah fingers crossed there aren't, uh, there aren't any uh, negative talking points to come out of it um, but speaking of we, we touched on uh, the force earlier and, and you know their exit from the Super Rugby competition for next year uh, and I believe there is some, some news that's being broken on the website today regarding uh, members of that force uh, team set to, to move to other Australian conferences. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So obviously with the force disbanding, there's a whole stack of players still still waiting to be snapped up. A couple of guys have already uh, signed on, a couple of the lower profile guys, I guess. Um, but yeah, there's still some really big uh, big fish that haven't um, haven't come out with their new landing spot here. So there's a quite an interesting process going on in the background where uh, yep. a lot of these force guys want to join their their coach uh, Dave Vessels, the um, the guy that's made a great fist um, to the, to the start of his Super Rugby coaching career. Mm. He signed on at the Rebels and. Is, yep, is yep. hoping to bring a whole host of these players. So, uh, Billy Meeks, uh, I believe he's put pen to paper. Um, Christy Doran's um, going to have a report later on today with that. Um, and the Haylett Petty brothers are, are very close to, okay. to signing on as well. Uh, Dane and, and Ross Haylett Petty, um, both very handy signings. And uh, Adam Coleman, he's another of the really big names yep, um, yep. That, that's still a little bit in limbo. But I think the, the Rebels are hopeful, but um, that they're, they're still working away on that in the background. So, um, it's it's an interesting one because uh, you know some of the other clubs would love to get their hands on these players, of course, as well. So there's a an interesting process going on uh, trying to squeeze these guys un- under yeah. the salary cap. But yeah, Billy Meeks um, he signed on already. The the Wallabies uh, fringe centre and, and the Hallett Petty brothers as well. Um, basically, a done deal at the Rebels. And while some of these former forces are uh, you know searching for forces, for, for I like a, forces <laughs> <laughs> for a new landing spot. Uh, elsewhere in the country, uh, Andrew Twiggy Forrest, uh, he's addressed the media about uh, this Asia-Pacific competition. Uh, what did he have to say uh, and, you know, should he be taken seriously? Yeah, look, he uh, yeah, called a, a press conference today in, in Sydney and, um, look, not not huge, huge developments. He's been working away with the AU um, over the last month trying to get agreements and, and collaboration um, going to, to hopefully allow players to, to slot seamlessly between, you know, their, their Wallabies and Super Rugby commitments and, yeah. and NRC and be able to, you know, be eligible to, to play in this competition. So where it's at is he, he now needs to present this case to World Rugby to, to mm-hmm. get it fully sanctioned and signed off, and that's going to happen in November. Um, and, and it looks like the AU are pretty supportive of this. Okay, so um, there have been relationship developments between Twiggy and the AIU? Yeah, yeah, they're, uh, they've smoked the peace pipe after <laughs> obviously being, being hammer and tongs there for a while. A few olive branches out the front of AIU HQ. Exactly, they must have been, yeah, swirling some, some red wine uh, at <laughs> ANU head, headquarters and, and managed to... Um, swirling some red wine, that doesn't sound like the AIU at all. Doesn't sound like rugby, no, no I, I don't no. actually have uh, I, I can't confirm that. I'm just uh, I'm just speculating there, but um, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's saying that the 
this this competition should still go ahead. He, he claims it's it's a fair dinkum um, thing that, yeah. he, that he's trying to pull yeah. off here with with six teams either launching next year or or, or the following year with um, you know teams uh, obviously one in Perth um, and and then across the Asia Pacific as well. So yeah, mm. still a, a lot of detail to to be worked through. But uh, if they can get sign off from World Rugby, it, it's it is a definitely a, a growth area um, for the game because it actually rugby is fairly popular in, in parts of Asia even in places like Sri Lanka that you might not associate uh, with it it's actually quite a popular sport so yeah, um, yeah. yeah a, a lot of uh, the background to this as well is the, the Super Rugby broadcast deal which uh, expires in 2020 um, that the Asia Pacific could, could be incorporated into a, a new deal there with potentially South Africa um, leaving leaving the Sanzar agreements and, and, and joining Europe, which they've already made moves towards. So, yeah, yeah a, a lot of moving parts mm. to all of this. But, uh, yeah, Twiggy uh, yeah, claims it's, it's a legitimate uh, tournament that, he, that he's looking to pull off. Whether you've dusted off the cobwebs superbly, uh, ultra-professionalism to be able to step in here after the John Eels medal and, uh, and speak as, uh, as, as well as you did. So that's, that's a feather in your cap, mate. Thanks, mate. Uh, a, a heroic performance. So I'll give myself two points. Yeah, no. Well, at, you know, and uh, and for those listening out there that um, that want to hear more of Sam Worthington's voice, of course, he hosts the uh, the weekly Fox Rugby podcast. Sorry, co-hosts, of course, with uh, Sean Maloney. We don't, and, uh, don't want to upset Sean. No. That's that's true. Yeah, he's uh, he's a fiery character behind the scenes. I know he, you know, he sounds all nice and bubbly uh, when he's got a microphone in front of him, but it's it's far from that behind the scenes, isn't it? He's just really large and intimidating. Really, that's the <laughs> that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll grab you by the shirt if he has to <laughs> he'll shirt front yeah sam worthington thanks for joining the splash thanks mate and that's not all because now we've got fox sports uh coordinating editor second in charge how do we what do we say liam fitzgibbon um yeah you breathe into that how you will i guess uh okay. coordinating editor just generally keeping things coordinated <laughs> as we do no you i reckon just the fox sports swiss army knife just across everything yeah like very that. versatile flexible uh, what do you reckon? I like that analogy. Sharp when I need to be. Yeah, yeah. Take it, taking it even further. I like <laughs> it. Change your uh, email signature after this, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, right, you're here to talk some boxing with us primarily. Yes. Um, we've got a, a big fight this weekend, which we've been previewing all over the Fox Sports website today. Anthony Joshua, uh, the great Brit, uh, the, the heavyweight champion of the world, taking on uh, Cameroonian Frenchman Carlos Takam. Uh, tell, give us some all the details uh, about this fight, how it came about, uh, and all the rest of it. Yeah, so this is obviously the first time we're going to see Anthony Joshua in the ring since his uh, big win over Vladimir Klitschko a couple yep. of months ago. Uh, so it's it's kind of the fight he's been forced into. So there was a mandatory challenger okay. um, as a result of him winning that, which which was a Bulgarian guy by the name of Kubrat Pulev. Yes. Unfortunately, he's pulled out injured two weeks ago. Yeah. So uh, Takam now has come in as a late replacement. So it's a little bit of a tricky one for Joshua. But uh, yeah, it's not, not exactly going to be the biggest fight of, of Anthony Joshua's career, but one he's sort of got to get out of the way. Yeah. And then yeah. Um, hopefully some much bigger fights on the horizon after that. Tricky in the sense that he, you know, he hasn't had a lot of, lot of time to do some homework on this particular opponent. Yeah, definitely. And also the fact he was training for a guy who's completely different style and yeah. physically okay. uh, different. So Pulev was much closer to Joshua's height. Yeah, at 194 yeah. centimetres, same reach. Takam's much shorter guy. Um, probably guy's going to get in a lot closer to the body, give him uh, a few hassles there, whereas 
the previous opponent was someone who was probably a bit lighter on his toes, a bit yeah. quicker. So it's yeah. a completely different style. So two weeks' notice, um, pretty challenging to kind of throw all that training out the window, really, and have to have to go again. But yeah. given his quality, you're going to think that AJ's going to be good enough to, to yeah. handle this. One in- interesting hook I saw on the website, uh, you know, given we're talking about, you know, the world heavyweight champion that's kind of your, your prototypical monstrous type of build, someone you just would not want to, uh, you know, meet in a dark alleyway, but, you know, and just has the world at his feet in terms of where he's at uh, in boxing, global sporting megastar that still lives with his mum and hasn't changed. Yeah, how that's, about that? That's, yeah, that's the, pretty funny. That's great. Apparently wears a $600,000 watch as well, <laughs> gets around with this sort of gear. But yeah, he's, he's very humble. And if you've, if you've seen him in, on television, on interviews and talk shows and that sort of thing, really likable guy. Yeah. Um, carries himself well. And yeah, he still lives, still lives with his mum. Yeah, um, wow. Must be saving some serious pocket money uh, <laughs> with that sort of arrangement. I like that. It keeps you grounded. And, and if he pulls out a line, then he can expect to be grounded. Still. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to see that? Just grounding <laughs> the heavyweight champion of the world. I like. No, I like it. Yeah, it does keep a keep someone humble and, and, on, and on track, I suppose, just to remain focused rather than having additional distractions and potentially not having to worry about uh, dinner that night after a full day of training. <laughs> no, that's right. And I think it's, this is all contributes to him being so likable, so marketable. I think yeah. they've been talking about yeah. him as being the most marketable sports star on the planet um, wow. at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who's not a, not a fan or doesn't want to see him win these kind of fights. So, um, power to him, I say. Yeah, and without uh, disrespecting to calm his challenger, this weekend, um, what's the plan moving forward, assuming AJ gets past uh, this opponent without too much trouble? What's on the horizon for the World Heavyweight Champion? Yeah, so the big goal for, for Joshua, although he's right now considered the, the sort of main heavyweight champion because he holds three of the five sort of major belts, yep. his goal next year will be to unify the division, which we haven't seen in quite a while. So okay. to do that, he's got to knock over a couple of other champions. One of them is uh, close to home, Kiwi Joseph Parker, who's the yep. current WBO uh, belt holder so okay. I think they're sort of talking about that could be potentially the next fight after this one man that'd um, be great that'd be excellent yeah. so they'll be looking at that probably early next year maybe February March uh, that would obviously be over in the UK where Joseph Parker's fought his last fight against Huey Fury yeah so he's starting to build his profile over there um, and that would be that would be massive um, beyond that the other belt the WBC champion Deontay Wilder who's okay Probably that that is the fight that the boxing world wants to see at the moment. Deontay right, Wilder's right. also unbeaten, something like thirty eight wins, wow. zero losses, thirty seven KOs. So these two are the guys who are eventually on this collision course. Um, okay, that's a that would be a massive fight, and I think they're both kind of building towards that. And then you've got a couple of smoky options like Tyson Fury, the uh, controversial former champ, yeah, who's been yeah. out of action for quite a while. But if he does come back, like he has promised several times, um, AJ AJ said he wants that, and that would. Uh, that would get the the, oh, the cash flying, wouldn't it? Can you imagine? Especially yeah. not only in Britain, where they're both British British yeah, boxers, yeah. but worldwide, that's that's the kind of blockbuster you want to see, isn't For it? For sure. Yeah. Um, two very marketable boxers uh, in their own right. Yeah, <laughs> fair I, to say. In completely different ways yeah. as well. Yeah, very contrasting <laughs> personalities there. But it'd be it'd be a great fight to see, and and a few people would give Tyson Fury a, a sneaky chance. I think based on the way he. He held himself against Klitschko in that massive upset win a couple of years ago. Yeah, and for the the listeners out there that haven't um, jumped over to the Fox Sports website yet today, I uh, also noticed uh, Mayweather and McGregor uh, their faces back on the on the on the top of the homepage. You know, right in the splash, 
Why are they back up there? <laughs> uh yeah. So of course the fallout continues from from that uh, from that bout, which we probably will never hear the end of. But now you've got all sorts of allegations now that the, the whole thing was fixed and it was a uh, complete rot. Yeah. So the the allegation being that Floyd decided to uh, give Connor those first few rounds to make it appear more <laughs> even than it was, so he could sell another rematch for another oh dear. 150 million or or wherever it is. So can you see it happening? Uh I wouldn't rule anything out when it comes to that's true to these two. I do believe Floyd. I did believe Floyd when he said he he had officially retired and such a nice thing to retire on that fifty and O, isn't it? Yeah, for your legacy. Yeah. But you know he's starting to post all these videos now, back in training and all yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. We haven't heard from Connie yet about his next move, so I wouldn't completely rule anything out. Phil, us, <laughs> yeah, us mugs heading into that fight. You know, gave who who gave McGregor a, a puncher's chance considered this kind of a, a danger fight for Mayweather in terms of him getting to that 50-0 record. But, you know, in hindsight, clearly he knew exactly what he was doing. Potentially, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't, maybe I'm a bit naive or, or it's talking with my heart rather than my head, but I'd like to think it was a legitimate fight. I don't think Yeah. I don't think uh, Floyd would, would play with his legacy in that way, knowing what was at stake yeah. by yeah. giving yeah. up a few rounds. You know, you'd yeah, exactly. Not exactly yeah. fighting a, a mug in Conor McGregor. So. Yeah. I think it's just um, <clears throat> uh, fish and chip paper still just keeping the uh, <laughs> keeping the talk going. So. <laughs> well, it's doing well for our website. Yeah, so, sorry, yeah, fish yeah, and chip yeah, paper yeah. and uh, ratings. <laughs> uh, dear, oh dear. Uh, you going to have any money on Winks this weekend, Liam? Um, no point, really. Have you so. got a spare? Yeah, you got a spare <laughs> house deposit that I could need just to make my fifty bucks. I think last check talking a dollar fifteen or something like that. So you'll be tuning in, though, of course. Uh, yeah, of course. Speaking of names that that uh, you know that. Uh, create clicks uh, at the Fox Sports website. Yeah, great to see and it's like that's you know, the kind of thing that the whole nation can get around and I think yeah, tomorrow yeah. trying to get third Cox Plate equaling the great Kingston Town so mm. it would be a fantastic achievement and if you saw the last last year's Cox Plate it won by an absolute canter so yeah, it would be yeah. interesting to see uh, if we can stretch the margin even further tomorrow. Yeah, we've, we've talked Winks, Anthony Joshua fight this weekend and of course Wallabies Barbarians uh, doesn't end there all the Rugby League World Cup action I think it's uh, double triple headers uh, back to back on your Saturday and Sunday so yeah plenty plenty of reasons to uh, to stay on top of everything going on this weekend at the foxsports.com.au website and uh, Liam Fitzgibbon he's one of the uh, the main curators behind what goes on and thanks for joining us Splash Liam thanks for having me Phil and uh, that'll do us on the Splash for this Friday I hope everyone has a great weekend and we'll be back next week until then that's a wrap mm-hmm.